Welcome to day 74 of Shaped by the Word, our second season, which is the drama of Scripture. And uh, the drama in Exodus is getting incredibly intense as uh, God brings his power to bear uh, on the most powerful nation in the earth who has a death grip on his people. And slowly by slowly, he uh, reduces the sovereignty of their gods to absolutely nothing and proves his sovereignty and his grandeur and his greatness. And of course, when we come to chapter 12, he calls on his people to memorialize this moment because this is, you know, for them, the celebration of their salvation. This is where they'll point back to God's remarkable rescue from bondage and slavery in the same way that the resurrection is a celebration of our salvation. God's mm -hmm. remarkable rescue of us, you know, through from our slavery in bondage to sin. So we come to, uh, to chapter 12, and it's a very significant moment in the history of Israel as the Lord sets in motion the Passover, which, of course, is what Jesus celebrated with his disciples on the night uh, he was betrayed. So it has deep meaning to us as well, and most of the symbols uh, bring to mind the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So before we read chapter 12, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Matt, you mind lifting us up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the richness of your word and, and the invitation to, to draw near to you through it. Father, we thank you for the story of um, Scripture so far from Genesis to Exodus and, and getting to see your heart and your character and, and um, your plan of redemption uh, unfolding. Father, would we find our, our place in, in this story and, and be encouraged in it? Father, give us wisdom as we read. Um, may we behold wonderful things in your word and and be compelled to um, to not only worship you, but, but live faithfully uh, with you today. Uh, Father, use your word uh, to transform us into the image of Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses uh, where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roasted over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I'll pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I'll bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. 
On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh month, uh, through the seventh, must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly. On another one, on the seventh, do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it is on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for generations to come. In the first month, your deep bread made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses. And anyone, whether foreigner or native-born, who eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel. Eat nothing made with yeast wherever you live. You must eat unleavened bread. And Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out of the door of your house till morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame and pass over that doorway, and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when you and your children ask, and when your children ask, what does the ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. And the people bowed down in worship. The Israelites did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians did not get got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you've requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you've said and go, and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they said, We will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, there about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Many other people went up with them, and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. With the dough the Israelites had brought from Egypt, they baked loaves of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now the length of the time the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. Because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt, on this night all Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for generations to come. It's a lot. So we, we do. Yes, it is It is a lot. Uh, but it, uh, we see in it a lot of the symbols that are so deeply meaningful to us. You know, bread without uh, leaven. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, the cup that represents you know, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Blessed, he said, this is my blood given for you, the blood of the new covenant, you know, for the forgiveness uh, of your sin. 
and and so there's so many of this you know so many of this is is, is deeply uh, embedded in our you know our tradition as we celebrate this moment in a whole new way and and, and what it points to and of course you have the year old lamb mm-hmm. um, and you have bringing it into the house where you have it near you you're personally attached to the lamb mm-hmm. and your kids get attached to the lamb you know for those uh, four days uh, before slaughtering the lamb. So there's a lot in this. What are some of the things that stand out to you guys as you read this passage? I have a question, and it might be just totally off, but is there any connection between the 430 years, um, so 400 years of slavery, and then there's 30, those 30 years compared to the 400 years of silence um, before Jesus comes on the scene, and then he's 30 when he begins his ministry, right? He's 30 when he's baptized. I mean, that's 430 years, y'all. Am I, I see totally no connection. <laughs> I, I, that's really imaginative. That's a good. That's a, that's a that's a good uh, uh, good representative. He said 430 going there, and I'm sure somewhere around midnight or two in the morning it'll come to me how brilliant that really was. It's brilliant, and that it, uh, it it really it really does do that. So those you know I I, I suppose you could make a connection. Israel had it. been in you know Israel had been in exile. Uh, you know, and uh, the exile continued from the last prophet, you know, to the coming, you know, the coming of John the Baptist. But we're th- thinking that's right about where the 400 years happened. Yeah. So I'm not sure the 30 years really comes in there. But mm-hmm. I will check with with all my rabbi friends <laughs> and see what we yeah. can do with this. I'm not, I'm, local rabbi I'm not sure they're going to mark that as yeah. you know, the coming of Jesus. That's fine. I can be wrong. Uh, every in once the middle in a while. of that, that's but okay. the 400 years is significant because this is exactly what uh, you know God had told. Yeah. Abraham would happen, mm-hmm. you know, that they would be in captive, captivity for this time. Yeah. And uh, to the very day, uh, and you can tell, you know, that this is marking God's precision and fulfilling his promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, I can't help but think even in, in the start where they're told to, you know, find the lamb and, and you know, we, we, we see the, the picture of the lamb all throughout the Old Testament. And then, you know, we get to the New Testament and there's John the Baptist who points to Jesus and you know, seeing about there's the Lamb of God who oh, God. takes away the sins of the world, and so even just that picture of this Lamb being being sacrificed, and and as Paul's already alluded to, we see so many of these ideas carried all throughout Scripture, and then finding their fulfillment in Christ, and obviously the Lamb just being another one of those. Mm-hmm. And the covering, if they if they were to leave the house, then they would be in danger of being killed so they they had to stay under the covering of the blood which is cool what <laughs> looking at me like that <laughs> now this is i mean we, we've been leading towards this right where we talked about god's been revealing himself as um the god of israel and, and he's a powerful god and yet at the same time now israel's called to faithful action and, and to call and called to respond appropriately to what the Lord is is revealing. You know, this is well, we've seen Pharaoh fail at this time and time again, where the Lord reveals Himself, calls Pharaoh to action, and you know, there's there's that dual reality of if Pharaoh hardens his heart, he will not let God's people go, and and then God at times hardens his heart. But now here, Israel is called to to live faithfully before what the Lord has called them to do, and, and will they harden their heart or will they prevail and I can't help but every time I read Exodus 12, I think of that um, 
there's like a quote from D.A. Carson, the scene where he, he's recounting this and he talks about the power Every of the Every podcast blood. with a D.A. Carson quote and this is a good podcast. I, I guess we're a good I have podcast. have to make sure, yeah, our podcast is We good, haven't done the quote yet though. Yeah, D.A. Carson tells the story of, you know, you and It was two. about 400 years ago that he made that. <laughs> yeah, 430. Yeah. yeah. You have two Israelite families, you know, and, and one is is ready and they, they throw the blood on the house and they're confident, you know, that the Lord will will pass over because they the, the blood and then you have the other family and they're reserved and they're nervous and they're they're quite unsure but they go ahead and they throw the blood and he asks the question now who's saved and and both both households are saved because of, of the blood because of God's provision no. and it wasn't their <clears throat> the, the, you know, the quality or you know how much the quantity of their faith it was the fact that that God had provided right. and they they had faith. Sometimes we turn our faith into a you know, into a work, mm-hmm. and we measure it by intensity. Yeah. And and of course, uh, you know Carson and, and Keller after him, you know both beautifully remind us it's not, uh, you know, the quality of our faith, but the object of our faith mm-hmm. that determines the yeah. impact of our faith. Yeah. And uh, you know, which is a you know a very, you know, a very poignant picture. But you do have, you know, until this moment, you have Israel passively watching. The salvation of the Lord. Here you have Israel actively participating in the salvation of the Lord, and they, and they do that through this, you know, through this simple act of obedience and faith. And obviously, this obedience and faith does not merit all the work that God has done, but it is a response to all that God has done, and confidence that He will continue to do mm-hmm. what He has said He will do. And of course, that's what our faith is, as well, and as a picture. Um, of what it means for us to follow him. And of course it is called for the first time, you know, the sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice. So mm-hmm. it's more than just, you know, simply the blood, it's the offering of the entire lamb. Right. So David so beautifully, you know, alluded to, you know, and Jesus is the lamb. Mm-hmm. And again, I think, you know, we did communion this past Sunday where we talked about when he says, This is my body, you know, what he's saying in essence is this is this is the whole of me. This is everything I am for everything that you are. And of course, you see that in this sacrifice. The whole of the lamb is, is to be consumed, and no parts, you know, no single part left undone. It's a complete and, and total sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And you have to like the sense of community, you know, where you're sharing with your nearest neighbor, you know, as well, mm-hmm. you know, as part of this. If uh, you know, if there's a family around mm-hmm. you that you know too small to have a lamb, invite them in yeah. and bring them in. And then the way that they're to to prepare it is they aren't to boil it um, and they're, they're not to eat it raw. So you're supposed to roast it, which I was it's like, the only proper Why? way to eat. Yeah, eat. it's like I'm sitting at a table with all these barbecue guys who say, yeah, there's nothing wrong. You got to roast it. But I, I like, I was thinking, why why is that so specific? And I don't know if this is why, but I can imagine just um, the smell. I mean, and we know that the aroma of the sacrifice is important to the Lord as we read further um, in the Pentateuch. Um, but uh, thank you, Harpain, for my, teaching me words like that. Um, but, but yeah, so I think yeah, I'm picturing the what about smell. The, what about the Tanakh? <laughs> okay. Harpain didn't teach that. Yeah, I, that, that must be further in my education that I missed out. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking, yeah, the, with the roasting of it, you have that aroma filling each house, um, which you wouldn't have with raw or boiled meat, yeah. which sound gross. Well, anyway. you do have, uh, you do have, obviously, a, a prefiguration of, of, of 
of the sin offering mm -hmm. and the prefiguring also of the fellowship offering here as, as well. Yeah. And this would have been, a, I mean, it would have been a large, you know, kind of celebration. I mean, we get that note later on that there were about 600,000 men on foot besides right. women and children. So how many people do you think there were in total? 600,000 men. So that would have been over everybody over 20, yeah. all men over 20. Over 2 million? Yeah. That's a, a of, lot of people. That's a I mean, lot of people well, to move from one place to another. Yeah. A lot of lambs. And to support during the wilderness. You know, this this would have been, I think it's sometimes you, I will read this and, and just kind of like imagine it's just kind of this small little community of people that God's finally rescuing out. And, you know, they sacrifice a couple of lambs and, and move on. But, I mean, this would have been a scene to, to behold. And the fact that you get 600,000, you know, families to... To participate in and, this. And of course, God's promise to Abraham that you become out of great people. And we're reminded that 70 people yeah. went into Egypt. And now we have, you know, two million yeah. coming, out of, coming out of Egypt. You can see a bit of the gospel, so God too. is fulfilling his promise. I've always heard some people say, when you kind of are introduced to these, this vast number of, of Israelites, like, why didn't they just, like, rise up and revolt and go against Israel or go against Egypt or whatever? But... Maybe they could have, maybe they couldn't have, but we see at the very end of verse 42 that, you know, the Lord kept vigil at night to bring them out of Egypt, that this wasn't the work of, of Israel to get no. out of slavery, but this was actually the work of God fighting on behalf of his people. And of course, you'll later hear the, that, the psalmist say, our God neither slumbers nor sleeps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's in constant vigil over his people. Mm -hmm. Well, then you get the call, you know, because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. Israel's called to keep vigil to honor, honor the Lord. Absolutely. Matthew, why don't you close us? Yeah. Did you open us with the word? I opened prayer? us, yeah. Wow, oh, we're man. opening and close with Matthew. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for um, the greater provision we have in Christ Jesus, who um, has brought us out of Egypt into to life and fellowship with you. And so, Father, we, we thank you um, for christ we thank you for the salvation we have in him and um, would we not treat it lightly or or neglect it or forget it um, but father would we honor you and worship you and, and respond appropriately uh, father keep us near uh, your heart uh, help us to to be faithful it's in christ's name we pray amen mm -hmm.